Good day, everyone. Welcome back to All About America's Team, brought to you by Delahanty Media. Today is a little bit different because I am dressed for the beach. My sunglasses, my go-to football of peace, and my freshly brewed drink for this long, joyful, and very relaxing day. Um, no, there's not a beach in Waco. So if you're thinking that, don't worry. I'm actually in Cabo to prepare f- to prepare for the Cowboys' arrival in January. I have to find the best locations for America's team. I'm Ray Nickens, the Speaker of Objectivity, joined as always by Owen DeChico. And today, we are going to break down the upcoming matchup with the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll once again be discussing the key matchups, the stars who must show up, I will give my game plan for the Cowboys if they want to win the game. And finally, we will give our score predictions. Now you may be wondering, Ray, why the heck are you dressed like it's mid-December and the Cowboys have blown it once again? That is a fabulous question. And Owen is here to provide you with breaking news from the injury tent that will tell you just that. Owen, let's get into it. Yesterday, Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot on a quote, routine pass rush so he will be out for six to eight weeks and for all you people that are demarcus lawrence fanboys you know that in 2014 he also broke his broke his foot i i don't know if the same foot but he had a similar injury a few years ago um and even though he doesn't have the outstanding sack numbers that everyone wants to to see a dn have he hasn't had a good sack here since 2018 because he had 14 and a half in 2017, I think 10 and a half in 2018. And everyone thought he was going to be the next, like the end of the future. But then he obviously was not. He, besides the, um, the sacks, he has a good amount of pressures. As everyone saw last week, he took the ball out of the running backs hands. So he does a lot more than sacks. And I think, I can get into reasons why I think Demarcus Lawrence is a big part of this team later in the offseason or whatever, but the loss is still big. Um, Trayvon Diggs broke his foot last year. I don't know. and A video hasn't been sent out. I assume no one was taking video of the, the Lawrence injuries. No one really knows, but Diggs broke his foot, and he came back in three to four weeks. But as Ray and I talked about yesterday, everyone heals differently, and no one really knows what's going to happen. Uh, how how if he will come back? It, they say he what he will, but no one really knows when he will or how healthy he will. Also, Randy Gregory was bit by the COVID nineteen bug. He is the first Dallas Cowboy player to not have any symptoms though, and he is fully vaccinated. Um, so he will most likely not be a for the team this upcoming game, but week three. I think against Carolina, maybe not. He will be ready for that game. And the Chargers have their fair amount of injuries too. Derwin James has a toe injury. Chris Harris has a shoulder injury. Um, And it'll obviously, neither team is going to be 100%, but the Cowboys have have not had the greatest luck with injuries and COVID stuff in the past few weeks. But as of right now, that's that's the injury, and it's kind of crazy because 
Ray and I were talking yesterday, and then as soon as him, him, him and I got off the phone, it was breaking news that DeMarcus broke his foot, and I was like, ah, we had to get off now. But hopefully he will come back and be better than ever. But Ray, why don't you, why don't you take it from here? You know, this is just detrimental news for the Cowboys in the sense that we didn't really have much of a pass rush anyway, but now with both of our defensive ends gone, we will have zero of a pass rush. So that's going to make it very difficult to pressure Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert is not Tom Brady in the sense that he is a mobile quarterback. He can escape the pocket. At least with Tom Brady, he wasn't going anywhere, so you had a chance. And if we couldn't even sack Tom Brady or touch Tom Brady or make him uncomfortable, it's going to be very challenging to do that with no defensive end that has, I guess, star potential or is a star. Now, I would like to introduce everyone to a very new segment that I woke up yesterday. I'm like, this is going to be a great idea because sometimes – we all need a break from the Dallas Cowboys. Even us diehard fans need a break from talking to Dallas Cowboys. So today, our new segment that I will be introducing to you is called a break from reality. Why is it a break of reality? Because for a little bit, we get to forget that we are following all of the America's team and being a part of this roller coaster ride of misery. So in this segment, we will each take five minutes to, to talk about three things in the NFL that impressed us. That could be a player, that could be a team, that could be a specific play. But the, the catch is you're only allowed five minutes. So, Owen, I'll let you start. You can go ahead, and I will be right back when I will grab my, my very best prop in just okay, a couple of seconds it. that I forgot to grab. So take it away. Okay. The timer has started. The first thing that I would want to talk about is how well the Chargers offensive line held up against arguably top one, top two defensive line in the league. And their 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 new tackle that they drafted, I I desperately wanted them to draft him instead of Micah. And we could have definitely used that with Lyle going down. But Chase Young was kind of a non-factor because of how good their offensive line is. They only they only let up five QB hits or get QB hits, which is pretty great going up against basically all the best of the best coming out of Alabama and OSU. And I I was kinda I, I wanted to watch that game just to see how Chargers new and improved offensive line would hold up and they gave Herbert a lot of time, and the Cowboys' defensive line is nowhere as good as um, as the Cowboys' offense. Uh, de- uh, offense uh, the Washington's defensive line is way better than the Cowboys, and if they can't do anything, then there's no way the Cowboys are going to be able to do anything. And I'm very worried about how much pressure the Dallas Cowboys are going to be able to put up, given that their top two defensive ends are out and that it's going to be basically Terrell Basham and Dorrance Armstrong but that's enough of the cow that's enough of the Cowboys right now my second thing is Chandler Jones he gave he uh, had five sacks going up against one of a top 10 left tackle and Chandler 
always has these games where he puts up like a lot of sacks and he will most likely lead the league in sacks this year. But to go up against the Titans and give up that and get that amount of sacks is kind of insane, in my opinion. The third, and then I'm going to do four because I'm going pretty fast. Three, the Packers had played the best game ever last week. They just had a great game. Aaron Rodgers putting up three points was a was a sight for sore eyes. He he really 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 played well, giving off all that time. Um, yeah, obviously sarcastic. I I just found it funny that he didn't he didn't go to the training camp. Was on Jeopardy. Was on Pat McAfee's show, and he acted like he didn't care. And then he waltzes into practice acting like he doesn't really care. Um. And the one thing I found funny was that he was on Pat McAfee's show the day after, so Monday or Tuesday, and he was like, yeah, because he he, had, he threw a crossing route, and he like way overthrew him, and he was like, yeah, it was the uh, – I, I had too much to drink earlier the night before, and I was like, like, it's funny, but that's not really a good excuse. Um, And the last one that I wanted to say, I'm going to say for Ray, it'll be all right, was Lamar Jackson. Uh, that game uh, in its entirety – I would like the world to imagine that if that was Dakota Prescott doing what, what, what happened there, if if he had multiple chances, and you can't even blame this game on the overtime rules because the Ravens hadn't had a chance to win it. If if Dak had lost the game by a fumble, or if he had let Derek Carr beat him on a primetime game, I don't think the world would have I don't think we'd ever hear the end of it. I think the first thing would be Dak is still injured. And I just found it funny that Lamar Jackson, out of anyone, gets a pass. And the first thing that people talk about is how his defense didn't hold up and how his offensive line wasn't good. And no one wants to talk about his fumble. I know Max Crosby had a career night, but everyone, when, when you think of Lamar Jackson, you think about his legs. So he should be able to get out of that. And every quarterback every now and then is going to have a game where their offensive line doesn't hold up. And... I just found it funny that no one gave Lamar Jackson the criticism that they would give to other quarterbacks, i.e. Dak. I, I'm a big fan of this segment. I'm looking forward to doing it more often. So, Ray, please, the floor is yours. Well, Owen, that was a pretty good first try on this segment. Where you kind of lost your way was you mentioned the Cowboys too much. This segment, we're not even supposed to talk about the Cowboys. They are, remember, we are not fans for these five minutes of the Cowboys. We are fans of the NFL. But that's totally okay. The Cowboys just somehow find their way into, I guess, an All About America's team show. But anyway, just a few other things from, from your segment, from your time before I get into mine. You mentioned the word worry in your first a um, little bit when it came to, um, you know, Chase Young and all of that. And I was just thinking, you know, on the beach, there's very little worry. You have your you have your drink that you sip on. You have your shades. The wind is, it's breezy, it's nice, it's sunny, no clouds. And, of course, you have your man Tony on your favorite football to keep you company. And I just think it's very important that you just have all of these things and you just take a break. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. All right. So, also, just another thing. 
I liked how you said that sacks were important because sacks are big drive killers. And as Tannehill figured out, if you get put on the ground a ton, you don't look very good as much. And now let me start my three things that I thought were very, very intriguing. And I really was surprised and impressed about number one, Joe Burrow. I was very impressed with Joe Burrow coming off an ACL tear. He looked healthy. He looked mobile. He completed 74% of his passes and did not turn the ball over one time. And he had a late game rally, game winning drive in OT and hit a beautiful, had a beautiful third and one, fourth and one where he just hit his, um, hit his player in stride under pressure, calm, cool and collected like Tony with his Corona on my uh, football and just got the job done and got the Bengals to want to know. Great, great stuff, Joe. I was I was excited for you, and Owen knows what bet we have with regarding Joe Burrow. Anyway, next one, um, Derek Carr. It's really impressed with Derek Carr. Um, as people know me, they know my opinion of Derek Carr has always been he's a solid quarterback who cannot be trusted and will turn the ball over in the most ridiculous fashion and when you least expect it. But his performance in prime time. Was it was very impressive. Um, made me excited. Threw over fifty times and kept the ball out of harm's way against a pretty good defense up until OT, where his receiver um, Sneed forgot to wash off the butter on his hands, and the ball just went right through them and into the hands of the Ravens defense. At that point, I thought it was over, but as Owen mentioned, Lamar decided to cough up the ball, which is very unusual in that situation because usually you're told to protect the football at all costs, especially in overtime. But anyway, that being said, Carr got the ball back and on a zero, um, on a cover zero blitz, he uh, took his time, calm, cool, and collected, like I said, um, threw the ball up to Zay Jones for the game-winning touchdown and the um, and they got the upset versus the, the Ravens. And just a shout-out to my roommate, Matt Smith, on the Raiders getting that upset. I'm proud of you, proud of your team. Good job, man. Congratulations on the great win. Now, my last one is finally the Steelers. That Steel Curtain D showed up, and they showed out for sure. Josh Allen just getting paid, being a front-runner for the MVP. The Steelers shut them down, shut down Stephon Diggs pretty much, shut down the running game and made it really um, hard for Josh Allen to move the ball down the field and get touchdowns. And when Big Ben needed to, he made the throws late to chew out the clock. And the Steelers got that good win at the early portion of the season against a really good football team, something they didn't do much the year before. So those are the three things I took away from the NFL season. Looking forward to um, mentioning some more later on in future episodes. Ray, can I say uh, I say one thing before we get into absolutely? Um, earlier today, Dak had a or Dak, the Cowboys quarterback, had a press conference, and people were asking him about his shoulder and the questions about him needing an MRI every every two weeks. And he said that there will be no MRIs every two weeks, and that his shoulder is fully healthy. So, yeah. That's Congratulations, Dak. Congratulations. His injury will no longer ail him. Congratulations. Hopefully, you can join me and Tony on the beach. All right, Ray. So why don't why don't you uh, why don't you take it from here and 
get us rolling 15 minutes in. All right. So now we're going to do a very similar outline to last week. We're just going to go in detail of the key matchups that we think are going to impact this upcoming game and then just dive into just anything else regarding this game. I'll give my game plan that I came up with a couple days ago with how the Cowboys can get this win. And then we can just do some um, some predictions and get out of here and enjoy the rest of our day and just get ready for some football on Sunday. So there are a lot of key matchups in this game that have been altered because of injury, which makes them very, very interesting. Some of those that I was looking at is um, Rashawn Slater, the new rookie on the on the line of scrimmage for the for the Los Angeles Chargers on offense and our defensive end. I have no clue which one that will be. Not really sure what their names are. You mentioned them before, but they're going to be going up against Slater. So normally, it'll be Armstrong. I would say Armstrong. Normally, I would say that Randy Gregory will probably have a pretty good shot of shot of pressuring pressuring Justin Herbert. However, now I'm very curious to seeing if Armstrong can get any, if at anything, um, get any pressure, force Herbert out of the pocket, do something. I'm, I'm just really not sure how this defensive line is going to look versus the Chargers. I'm very nervous because I know the Chargers have a, have a solid running back in Austin Eckler who can run the football effectively. They will probably emphasize that early on to, to test and see how good the D- Dallas defensive line is without their two top ed- um, edge rushers. And so I'm just I'm curious to see how that matchup holds up for the Cowboys. Another matchup is obviously Joey Bosa. He and Terrence Steele. He Joey Bosa is listed on the depth chart as an as a linebacker. So he will probably be lining up on Steele's side every single time in a third and long, second and long situation whenever they are blitzing. Can Terrence Steele hold up against Joey Bosa? The answer is absolutely not. They will probably have to ship some protection over. That will leave them a little bit more vulnerable on the opposite side. Good thing they have Tyron Smith over there. But it's just going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys are going to hold up on that side of the line of scrimmage. I'll get into how I think they can they can adjust to that, to having Steele in the game and not Collins. I'll leave that for later. That's just another matchup that I'm emphasizing on. Uh, next one, Derwin James. I want to see how he looks if he's healthy. Well, obviously he's um, a little banged up, but if he looks healthy after missing an entire year, how will he, cut, uh, how will he be a... Will he be a tough obstacle for our tight end passing game? Is he going to make Jarwin and Schultz uncomfortable? Will he lock up Zeke or Tony Pollard out of the backfield? How is he going to look? How are they going to use Derwin James? So I'm I assume Michael Davis, one of their cornerback their cornerbacks, will be taking on Amari because Chris Harris Jr. is a slot corner, so he will probably be following following CD Lamb. In my opinion, I think CeeDee Lamb and Chris Harris Jr. is a very intriguing matchup for both sides uh, just because there are some questions of, is Chris Harris Jr. too old? Is he still an elite corner? How is CeeDee's progression looking? How will he look against Chris Harris Jr.? Because we all know 
And even if you don't know, I would encourage you to take a look, long, hard look in the mirror and ask yourself, were the Bucks corners actually good that we saw last Thursday? Because most of them were on practice squad or they were banged up or they weren't starting the game before. So this is CeeDee Lamb's first real test, or I guess the receiver's first real test of starting cornerbacks. So hopefully Chris Harris Jr. is able to play so we, we will get to see that matchup to see if CeeDee Lamb is progressing and looking like that all-star that we envisioned him being. So I'll just, I'll just say one more just to um, let Owen get a let you own get a word in here and that I kind of mentioned this before, but I, I wrote down Kenneth Murray jr. He, his name stuck out to me from the linebackers other than Bosa. I just want to see how his impact is on the field. Cause he he's whenever I watch the chargers, I always see him. He flashes on my screen. I just want to see how the Cowboys um, scheme to keep him from being a large factor in this football game. So those are my key matchups that I thought of and love to hear your thoughts and also hear your key matchups and we can get a little bit of discussion going and then move on into later in the show. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, Dorrance Armstrong last week had his best game of his whole career by just hitting Brady. So um, I think that I don't think that he'll be able to beat Slater, but I he may be able to win at least one rep. Um, Basham talked about because he was a part of the Jets last year, if no one knew that, Terrell Basham, and they played the Chargers last year and lost. And someone asked because Brian Beluga he is on the uh, he is has an injury, and they asked Basham who will most likely be in. Who, mo- who most likely be replacing D-Law for the next six to eight weeks, asked him how he felt about going up against uh, – uh, he felt like going up against Beluga, and he said that he was looking forward to it because when he played against the Chargers, he had a, he had one of his best games, so he was looking forward to having that matchup again. I think that a really big uh, matchup is going to be um, Linval Joseph up against the Cowboys center. He had a pretty rough game. Last week against Vita Vey, and Linvar jo- Joseph is also a big guy, and I don't think that I-, I think that he will definitely be able to get in the face, and hopefully Zach Martin will be able to help out a little bit. But I don't I don't know how we're gonna be able to fare in that matchup. Um, also, Joey Bosa, if they don't put if Zeke needs to have another quote unquote sixth offensive lineman, he needs to he needs to be. Always on the right side of Dak. Always on the right side of Dak. Always like he needs to be in Terrence Steele's right pocket, just to make sure that he can always be there for him. Because if if Terrence Steele's going up against him one on one, then this game's gonna be very long for Dak, and Dak may have to. We may have to see Cooper Rush going in there every now and then. Um. So and hopefully, Jarwin will will know how to block. He he. Hopefully he's taken some some blocking drills and practice and because i don't i don't want to see him whiff on another block like that ever again and i i think what you said about the cornerbacks i think this is going to be a test for for dak to go up against the halfway decent secondary and i also think it's going to be for cd because with with, my, with michael gallup being down for the next three to five weeks we know what amari is we know that 
he'll he'll be consistent. He may not have the best games, but he'll be consistent. Now, now, CD, CD cannot have the drops that he had last week. If if we if we expect this offense to go where, because this offense is not even is need to overcompensate for what's going on with the defense, and CD is going to have to have a very clean game this week if if we have any chance of winning. Um, and yeah, you just can't you can't turn the ball over because Herbert he can uh, especially with with his weapons. Um. Mike Williams said that he he's that he said that the Buccaneers wide receivers looked like they had a lot of fun going up against the Cowboys secondary, and I I hope I hope that 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 Dan Quinn put that on put that on the on the projector and said, hey guys, he he's saying that we have a bad secondary. Are you are you gonna make are you gonna lock him down or are you gonna allow him to to kill all you guys? Because Anthony Brown will not. Anthony Brown will not be able to do that. So, but I, I can go into secondary stuff later. But as of right now, and Mike McCarthy, I think he's a he's a he's a key matchup, quote unquote. Mike McCarthy versus Mike McCarthy. Which one are we gonna get? And it'll be an interesting. It'll be interesting to see which version of Mike McCarthy we get. Yeah, very interesting. I'm 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 actually intrigued that you brought up Mike McCarthy because I'm usually the pessimistic man regarding Mike McCarthy and, and I view and um, Owen has has always seemed to defend Mike McCarthy but now two weeks in Mike McCarthy's already on the hot seat which is quite interesting I mean we already knew that I wanted him gone last year but now at least he, uh, Owen has him on the hot seat now so that's Quite intriguing. I'm curious to see if he stays on the hot seat or if the Cowboys miraculously win this week, if he's all of a sudden the greatest coach in the NFC East. But um, I'll have to... It's not hard that. to be the best coach in the NFC East. It's not hard to do that at all. Well, I mean, he's the third best coach in the NFC East right now. Who's But we have Ron, Ron Rivera, Rivera, and then we have Joe Judge. Joe, Joe, Ju- okay. Joe Judge. Joe Judge. His players hate him. He, That's he okay. Had, he had three players retire in the same week because they didn't because they didn't like his coaching style. It's because they they came from the Cowboys. One of them was the it was a Cowboys offensive lineman. He was weak. He played with he he was playing under Jason Garrett. So going to a hard hard coaching style, who expected excellence, was too much for him, and he just quit. It wasn't excellence. He cursed at them for for three hours straight. What do you think Bill Belichick does to his players? Yeah, he came from Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick won Super Bowls. You, if you are Joe coached Judge hard, you win. But his defense, his defense was he turned that defense around, and the defense yeah, didn't have a great week this week. They that didn't have a great first week, but they'll have a great first week against the Cowboys. We can put a bet on that right now. Do you want to put a bet on that? Yes, I would love How many turnovers? Over, under, three turnovers. Take it or leave under, it. Under, under, 100% okay. under. All right, I'm writing it down. <laughs> what are the, let's see. if well, uh, Are turnovers only Dak or are they like Zeke coughing up the ball? No, turnovers are turnovers. Uh, it could under, be a muffed punt. It could be a fumble. It could be an interception. It could be anything. Over, under, under three, three turnovers. Under. All right, perfect. I have it written down. But other than that, I think you made some good points. Uh, you made the wide receivers 
be interesting to see how they perform, how how they match up versus Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. That will be interesting to see. We know Anthony Brown can't cover. We know Jordan Lewis has problems covering. We know Trayvon Diggs can cover pretty good, but he has tendencies to gamble and he will get burned quite a few times if you are not, if he's not careful. So we'll just have to see how that works out. It's also a big game for Cedric Wilson, who will now be taking over as wide receiver three. That is a great point. And I've mentioned a lot of times that I would totally be okay with us cutting bait with either Michael Gallup or Amari, depending on if Amari doesn't build off of last week's 100-yard performance and goes back to not getting 100 yards on the road. We'll see. And Cedric Wilson could just move into that third wide receiver spot take over for one of those two players because we know cd lamb is eventually going to be this number one option he's just too talented he's wearing 88 jerry jones has already um, penciled him in as the next hall of fame 88 just jerry being jerry that's and so get jerry later so that's just the way it is cedric wilson this is just another one of those games where he can build his resume to if the Cowboys don't sign him, he can get some money elsewhere. So it is a big game for Cedric Wilson. Also a big game for Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke, and I will get into why later on, but this is just a really huge game for Zeke and just getting him going. Because last week he was up against the eight ball. We decided that throwing the ball 58 times was a better idea, and I don't necessarily disagree because if why wouldn't you throw on those abysmal corners who looked like Jalen Smith reincarnated because they didn't have heads <laughs> or brains. So I, I am okay with them throwing. But this game, I would like to see Zeke involved a lot because it's – and I'll explain why later on in the show. But if you don't have any more – key matchups to discuss then we can move on and i can kind of get into how i think we can win this football game and then you can you know give some comments disagreements agreements or give a little emphasis on how you think they can win if that's okay yes i would love that okay yeah okay so how the dallas cowboys can win this game and not go oh and a lot of games on the road versus a seven. Yeah. Oh, and seven on the road in the last few games. And then also just go. Oh, four against solid teams that are projected postseason, which is a stat, by the way, they haven't won a road game against a playoff team in a quite some time. Now it's really early to consider the chargers a playoff team, but since I have predicted that they will make the postseason, I'll just add that to that list of the Cowboys just going into a game where they haven't beaten a playoff team on the road since 2018, which is not a very good stat to have if you are America's team. That's kind of why I'm wearing this shirt and have the smoothie just and the shades is one of those stats like that. But anyway, positivity. How can the Cowboys win this game? Number one, actually, where positive shades come off. How the Cowboys can win this football game. Number one. Like last week, we have to win the turnover battle, and we have to execute and capitalize on the turnovers that we that we get. So we're already behind the eight ball, as we've talked about. We don't have Demarcus Lawrence, don't have Randy Gregory, don't have 
don't have Lyle Collins, don't have Michael Gallup, don't have anyone else you'd like to list on or put on that list. So it's very key that if Justin Herbert makes a mistake, throws it in the wrong place, or Eckler fumbles, or Allen fumbles, Mike Williams fumbles, whatever, and we get the ball inside their territory, it is crucial that we score touchdowns. Last week, we got a lot of turnovers, but we only scored one touchdown out of those four. We're not going to win against the GOAT. We're not going to win against Justin Herbert doing that because the, the Chargers have an explosive offense, and they will get in the end zone quite a, quite a lot. So we have to capitalize on those turnovers. So number two, we got to control the clock. Very, very, also very similar to last week. We have to control the clock against this high-powered offense. We don't have the defense to be able to win shootouts. I don't recall, other than the Falcons' fluke game, us winning a shootout against an, an opposing team in a long time. Shootouts are not the way to win. This team is not very good in shootouts. They are much more effective when they control the clock and control the game, the flow of the game and keep the opposing offense off the field and not in rhythm. So Zeke, that's going to fall down on Zeke's shoulders and Tony Pollard's shoulders. We're going to have to run the football a lot more than 11 times. We have the offensive line to do that, even with steel in the game. All of that takes is just maybe shifting players over, run blocking or running the opposite direction, just being creative in our running even like swing passes that would be considered a run, getting Tony Pollard on the move side to side, getting him the ball quickly, letting him make a move, just short stuff like that. Short passes also um, in, inside the numbers, not going out of bounds, keeping that clock going, just controlling the game flow, keeping Herbert off the field, increasing the chances of our defense of getting stops. Next thing, special teams. I don't think we need a special teams touchdown to win the game. It would be nice, but I don't think we'll need that. That was just kind of a buck special, and I might bring that up in the Chiefs game as well down the line. But we do need to control the um, the field position. We need, to, we need to win field position. So if we're driving down the field, we get stalled around our 45, their 50, something like that. Got to pin them inside the 10, make them go long down the field. Cannot, can't give them um, a drive where they're close to, to our midfield or past our midfield because that just gives them a better chance of getting points. So we just have to limit the – like I said, limit the opportunities for them to score points, um, increase the opportunities for our defense to get stops. Also in special teams, we need to capitalize on all field goals, extra points. If we send Greg Zerline out there, he's got to execute and get points. I think he'll do that. I think last week was just kind of a fluky. Wasn't really um, ready, out of rhythm, and because he got back on track and made that big field goal for us. Whether or not I would have actually wanted him to attempt the field goal is a completely different story, but I'll just leave that in, leave that in last week. He also had a leg injury, which was just disclosed. So it was also his back and his leg. But I don't, I don't really talk about that, so... Just so everyone knows. Yeah, and finally, the most important thing other than controlling the clock and running the football effectively is don't turn the football over. If we turn the football over in our territory against the Chargers, they're going to score touchdowns and and just get points. So I emphasize can't turn the ball over because we can't waste possessions, put our defense back out there. The, the more times that the defense can sit on the sideline for 10 to 14 minutes, the better. Um, 
is so how we how we can limit turnovers. Don't get greedy. Don't go for the chunk play. Um, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get the chunk play against the against the Chargers if Chris Harris Jr. and Derwin James play. However, it's probably going to be there a few times. So I'm I'm just going to take Dak's word if he feels he's 100. percent He can we can take home run shots. But just don't get greedy and go for a chunk play when the short stuff is working. Dak did that a few times where he went for the chunk play, had one that was intercepted, one that was, you know, dropped by the linebacker. I forget who it was, and then he threw a few back shoulder ones that were underthrown that should have been intercepted as well. So just, just kind of the short stuff when it's working. Don't go away for it. Don't get greedy because if we're going down the field with short stuff, no reason to go for a chunk play because one, it takes time it, it keeps precious time on the clock and also it gives the chargers right back out there and then just also zeke just hold on to the football receivers hold on to the football Dak, don't throw dumb interceptions just don't turn it over and that's all i have those are my steps and keys for the cowboys to win this football game and hopefully they they do them because last week the they cowboys actually listened to me and did my uh, pretty much did my game plan to the perfection. So hopefully they do that once again in this one. I think the one thing you missed was uh, was red zone efficiency. So I'm a little disappointed in you for not talking about red zone efficiency, but I, I well, guess that's I just will, a given. Uh, yes. Yes. But for the Cowboys, it's not because, because they, they, they have a phobia about getting in the end zone. So, I agree with a lot of what you said. One, you cannot let Mike Williams and Keenan Allen have big games. You can let one of them have big games. I think Mike Williams, I think, is bigger stature than Keenan. So Trayvon Diggs cover Mike and then throw 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 the whole tool shed at uh at at Keenan and see what happens. If you got to put Nation Wright on him, I would much rather see Nation Wright get get burnt than having Anthony Brown get burnt. Um, as hard as it can be, you try to have you can have to try to get in Herbert's face. Um, it's not gonna happen, but you, you got to try. You cannot let Joey Bosa take over the game. I would be I Monday or Tuesday when 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 we record or maybe Wednesday. I would be much happier if. If they just lose based off losing, then then watching Joey Bosa have like a five or six sack game and not allowing Dak and the company to have an actual shot, you have to establish the run like Ray said and and run often. Um, if Dak sees something that we don't see, then go for audible out of it. But Gibson. Washington's star running back, who is better than Zeke, in my opinion, ran for nine. He had 90 rushing yards, and Gibson should be should all Cowboys fans should know him because he ran for quite the amount of yards against the Cowboys. You have to attack the corners outside of Harris. Um, he is on the older side, but he's still still a solid cor- still a solid cornerback. Terry McLaurin had 62 yards on four receptions. Now, I think that has something to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick getting injured, and hopefully he can come back. He has a similar timeline to Demarcus Lawrence, and hopefully 
in six to eight weeks, Washington is not ready for a playoff push because if Fitzpatrick comes back and they're one or two games out of it, then I think that they'll definitely be able to to win it all. Winning it all, meaning the, the East. So the Cowboys have to, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, anyone besides Washington has to make a clear playoff push because and win a lot of games because Ryan Fitzpatrick will, will, will take it all the way if he has an option to. Um, and one you're going to like, do not let Mike McCarthy ruin the game. If we have an opportunity to ice the kicker, then you ice the kicker. Do not do not be cute and kick a field goal with six seconds left at your own 50-yard line or own 40, 35-yard line. Don't do it. Don't call any trick plays inside your own 50. Yeah, we uh, and special teams, Fossil, don't do anything stupid either. And Dak, be Dak. Don't don't run the ball. Don't give me a heart attack. Make good decisions. Pollard, get him more involved. Cedric, Cedric, when, when he was a starter, he had a great game against the Seattle Seahawks last year, and hopefully he'll be able to have a similar game this upcoming week. And I think those are I think those are my keys. Um, but. Yeah, I think those are my keys. I think that's if they can do that, and if if they if they can win the turnover battle, and if they can win time possession, then they should be able to. Because the Chargers are nowhere as good as the Buccaneers are. So if the Cowboys can play the same exact way they played last year or played last week on Sunday, then they'll be able to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, I'm glad you did. You did mention red zone because I didn't do a great job of emphasizing what I meant by capitalize when it came to getting turnovers. Capitalize just kind of meant like scoring touchdowns and scoring touchdowns equals getting into the red zone and getting into the red zone equals scoring and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah, red zone is going to be very important for this team. Dallas Cowboys are very good at getting into the red zone, as you said. But then all of a sudden, Kellen Moore calls some cheap screen pass to Zeke. And then Blake Jarwin misses the block. And then Zeke decides to spin against a um, off-the-practice squad coming from his couch safety and completely gets absolutely embarrassed and tackled for a one-yard loss. Or just the fact that they just don't, they just decide that they'd much rather run something that's completely irrelevant and not what they were doing before and they don't score. So once they get into the red zone inside the 10, I would encourage them to run the football forward or throw the football forward and not throw the football laterally. Because when you throw it laterally, it gives the defense a better chance to gang up and stop the, stop the uh, player the ball is going to from getting into the end zone. Another thing you mentioned that I was that I also liked was coaching. I think every time Mike McCarthy makes a boneheaded play, it assures me that he will be gone immediately and not in long term. Because while Jason Garrett did make stupid decisions, the Dallas Cowboys were always in the season till the end. They were always competitive. They always won games that they shouldn't have won, and they but they lost some games that they should not have lost as well. So they're always pretty consistent in that regard, always around at the end of the year to win the division. Mike McCarthy has done some things that I am just, am still to this day confused on to why he decided to do those things. 
Now, I don't, I did not watch the Packers a ton when he was their coach. Who knows if he did those things with Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? Um, they probably worked back then because Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre are just remarkable arm talents and very good top 25 at to be very, very, very conservative quarterbacks all time. So, um, I, I just think that Mike McCarthy is not cut out to be the coach for the Cowboys just in the sense that he's we have expectations since we have not been anywhere in 25 years. So the more that Mike McCarthy can show myself and Owen and any other Cowboys fan that he can be consistent in his coaching style and not do ridiculous things, the better chance we have of winning. Because that's the one thing Jason Garrett was. He was consistent. He didn't really go off the off script with his play calling or style of coaching. It was very, very much the same. And that's kind of why they were always con consistent in their style of play. So that's just one thing I wanted to point out. Other than that, you, you said some pretty solid things that, that were about just letting, you know, one player beat us, not letting everyone beat us. The one issue I have with that, the one, the one issue I have with that is the, the Chargers can beat us in so many ways, especially on running the football, because they could just they could just run the foot they could just run and play action us to death, and I could totally see that happening. Them just saying Eckler had fifty-seven yards against that defense, so we'll see what happened on like fifteen carries, and he had a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, and th and that defense was completely fully at strength. They had Sweat, Chase Young, uh. And the other the other guys that are that are really good, but and we don't we don't have Gregory or Demarcus Lawrence who Owen Owen tells me according to Pro Football Focus he's very good at stopping the run so but he's not there so he can't stop the run so they're probably just going to run us to death and then play action us to death and then we'll see Trayvon Diggs go forward he'll run forward and then all of a sudden Mike Williams will go forward past him and then there will be a deep touchdown and then I will look for my sunglasses. I will put on my sunglasses. I will grab my smoothie that is now gone. I'll grab my football. I will go out to the beach and start tossing the pigskin. Michael and Parsons uh, was a D-end in practice today. So hopefully that means that Jabril Cox will be out there. But our our hopefully new, new D-end for the next six to eight weeks will be Michael Parsons. So that is something to be happy about. Look, if Demarcus or not Demarcus, if Micah Parsons can prove that he is good at the defensive end position, then sure, play him. But if they're just throwing him out there just because he's a he's just a really good, talented player and doesn't really have any experience, I would say to keep him where he is. But but like if he's I, I just showing he that he's in the end at Penn State, and he also beat Tristan Wirfs a few times. So yeah, I yeah, like I said, if he's good at the position, play him. If you're just doing it to try and um, get lucky, then I would probably say not to do it. But I'm glad that they're trying things and actually practicing things before just throwing him in there mid-game, like, hey, play defensive end. So that's nice to see. But let's get in. Let's get into our score predictions before we wrap this show up. I'll let you go first and just give us give the audience how you think this game is going to play out and who's going to win and what score you have. I have a 27-24 Dallas. Um, so, I mean, 
who knows if that'll actually happen. But I I think that the Cowboys are gonna be or that they're gonna be or the Chargers are gonna be favored to win by at least five points. Um but like you said, if the Cowboys if the Chargers put on a running clinic, then we're gonna lose by a lot. Because I know Ray remembers the last time that we played the Chargers was on Thanksgiving 2017, 2018. And that game gave me a lot of pain. Um, Phillip Rivers threw for like over 400 yards. And it was a rough game. That was when Rod Smith, yeah, Rod Smith was our, was our running back. So that must have been 2017 when Zeke was suspended for dumb reasons. Um, that, that was when we had Terrence Williams, so a, a good little thing, I think, uh, right there. Terrence Williams, the man who became irrelevant once the quarterback who could throw him the football left. Tragic no, day he, for Terrence Williams. He, he was irrelevant because he got in trouble with the law. That, that that's, that's why he's irrelevant. That's why they cut him. He got, like, a driving while, while intoxicated charge, and that's why they didn't want him. But that's another conversation for a different day. I mean, um, if the I mean, if the Cowboys will keep you if you're a decent player. So especially with when it comes to the law, we have Greg Hardy, we have Terrence, we we had Greg Hardy. There's To had problems. Des Bryant had a bunch of problems. Zeke is still here. He had problems with the law. Just, I mean, if you're if. Jerry, Jerry has been very. Jerry likes to have the bad boys on his team for some odd reason. And the problem with Terrence Williams was he just fell off a cliff from 2014 to 27 or 20, 2016 to 2018. And so Jerry's just Jerry just tragic day for Terrence Williams, <laughs> I'll say. But um, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So I uh, if. If uh, I don't, I don't think I think Trayvon Diggs will have a good game against Mike Williams because I think we can both agree that Mike Evans is a way better wide receiver than Mike Williams is, and Trayvon Diggs had a game against him. So I think that the Mike Williams matchup will be very in our favor. But I am very weary about the Keenan Allen matchup to say the least. Um, so if you can triple team him, go for it. Um. Zeke needs to have a game. He needs to he needs to remind me of 2016 and he needs to show me that uh that this offseason all that all the weight loss and his physique was all worth it and that it's not just a just a show. And Terrence Steele needs to show that cuz I I saw a lot of people say that they that they need to find a woman that loves them just like the Cowboys love Terrence Steele because Terrence Steele should have been cut a year and a half ago, and for some reason they they love him. Um, he's a second year player. They said that I I guess besides Cedric or besides Ceedee Lamb that he had the best year one to year two jump, and Trayvon Diggs obviously. So hopefully he'll be able to do something against Joey Bosa. If he can win one rep against Joey Bosa, I'll be like, all right, this is a win in our book. Another moral victory, as Skip Bayless says. Um, But, yeah, I don't really – there's so many different ways that, that this game can go. Like, I, if I'm being realistic, the Cowboys will probably get down a lot of points just because of the Cowboys, and they'll do some dumb stuff. But I'm going to be hopeful and say they win, but – I think I think I think they may uh they may lose on a Mike McCarthy 
stupid call or something like that. But I'm gonna be confident in my in my pick. Um, so so just to be totally sure, because I'm I'm confused. You said 27-24 Dallas. Four. But yes. then you said they will probably lose. Then you said they might win. And then you said Mike McCarthy will probably blow the game. So what is your final, 20, final 27, say? 24. That's going to be 27-24 Dallas. Okay. That is, that is going to be. Owen says 27-24 Dallas. And you, so, you, you, you can take it from here. So I think that this game is going to come down whether or not the Cowboys decide that they want to be smart and control the t- time of possession and run the football. Because I do think that the Cowboys offense without Lyle Collins as what, um, without Lyle Collins not being in there can still run the ball effectively on the chargers. So I think if they control the clock, they could win this game. However, I don't. I think they're too, much too in love with passing. Jerry Jones loves to pass. He loves to see the ball go through the air and get yards and excitement and fun. So for that reason, I think that the Chargers are going to win this football game, thirty-three to twenty-five. Why it is close? I think because the Chargers are going to go up thirty-three to twenty-four. Not, no, 33-21, to 21, it's going to be in the fourth quarter, and then Dallas is going to get – that doesn't even make sense. Let me alter my score. I'm going to say Chargers 37, Cowboys 28. So the Chargers are going to win by two scores, and it's the last score that they're going to have is just a cheap late-game touchdown. So really it's going to be 30 to 30 to 20. 30 to 27. So I have 37 to 27 Cowboys or not Cowboys Chargers Chargers. Okay. Uh, that'll be an that'll be an interesting one. So Owen 7 in the last 7 road games. Um they go up against Carolina week 3. The, oh, it's the Eagles, right? Monday night game Eagles, I think. At home. Okay. Yep. That that that'll be that'll be a good one. Um, all right. I win seven. Okay. Yeah. Does, um, do you does have Herbert any quick have a big game? Say again. Does Herbert have a big game or of is course. it just the Cowboys idiocy? Herbert's going to have a massive game. So is Austin Eckler. Okay. If you have Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert on your fantasy teams, I would suggest you start them. <laughs> and because, and because why Williams. wouldn't you start any player that's playing the Cowboys defense. It's just a given. I started Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown versus the Cowboys defense, and that brought me a lot of rewards because my fantasy teams all won last week. But, Owen, do you have any quick quick draw questions before we wrap oh, this yes. up? Yes, yes, yes. I have plenty for you. Plenty, plenty, plenty. Let me let me get to it. Okay. Over, under, Dak gets sacked. How? Oh, over, under, three times a Dak gets sacked. So Joey Bosa or someone gets in his face and sacks him over under three times. I'm going to go over. Okay. Who has the most sacks? Joey Bosa and how many? Or Joe, if it's Joey Bosa or if it's someone else and how many? Joey Bosa, he has two. Okay. Uh, Zeke, over under 70 rushing yards. I'm going to say over because that's how they, they, they need to play. He's going to have over 70 rushing yards. 
Amari over under 80, 80 uh, yards. Under. CD Lamb over under 80. Over. Dak over under two touchdowns. I'm going to say right at passing touchdowns. touchdowns. I'm going to say right at pad two passing touchdowns. And my favorite one mistakes by Mike (laughs) McCarthy over under three. I'm going to say, I'm going to say he has two. So under. Okay. Okay. Does the, do the Cowboys sack Herbert? No. Okay. Do they intercept Herbert? No. Interesting. Okay. I think do they recover? Good. Do they recover a fumble? Yes. <laughs> Who fumbles? Keenan Allen. Wow. Wow. I mean, if Chris Does Godwin Asante can Samuel Jr. have an interception. Yes. Is it a bad throw by Dak or is it a CD drop? It is a Asante Samuel plays the route perfectly and jumps the route, and it makes me very sad because we had a chance to pick him. By the way, is Kelvin Joseph playing today or next, on Sunday? He is on the PUP. He will be coming back week four. Excellent. Is that against Carolina? Yeah, and and then and then he'll come back week four. Um, Excellent. So yeah. I'm glad. I glad we drafted the guy who is hurt. And well, rapping. He would have he, he would have been a well, he's not hurt. He like they they he hurt his groin. Like most athletes have a side career. Cole Beasley raps. But like you don't but hear Cole anyone Be- talking but about Cole, that. But Cole Beasley is an efficient wide receiver who has had clutch plays in two different locations. And he has a superstar on Madden. So that is so that means he is very credible. <laughs> if you have a superstar on Madden, you are very credible. Go, that Calvin is a com- that is a that is a complete joke, by the way. Don't take that seriously. He he would have been a first round pick if he didn't decide to just not play college football and decide that he was above college football. Yeah, well, that is a completely – we can we can revisit that topic if he just becomes a bust and sucks, but hopefully that does happen. But I, I, believe, w- that, I believe that's all we have unless you have a, a – a, um, a, Do a, you um, have any any over-unders that you'd like to ask me, or is, is that – I have, you done? I have one over-under for you that I would like okay, to ask go you. Go for it. Over under the Cowboys give up 150 rushing yards. Under, way under, way under. They are going to stop the run without Demarcus Lawrence, the t- no. a top five pro football focused defensive end, and they are not going are stopping the run at defensive end, and they are not going to give up over 70 rushing yards. Is that true? Can I write that down? They're they're they're, they're going to give up like. 75 80 Micah right, <laughs> today will be Sunday will be a very big game for Micah All right I am writing down 75 rushing yards given up 75 and to 80 80 to 80 Okay 75 to 80 rushing yards given up If they get way over that I will be mentioning it if they do not I will be praising you and saying how the heck did you envision okay. 
them not them stopping the run. But before we go, I would also like to congratulate Eli Manning and Peyton Manning <laughs> for a wonderful broadcast on Monday night. They really made Monday football a lot more enjoyable. I do not enjoy Monday night football because of the broadcasting, but they completely turned it around for me. They were very knowledgeable. They explained coverages. They explained how quarterbacks call plays, how they audible, how they check line of scrimmage, how they look at stuff. And honestly, I will say I would much rather watch them than a Tony Roma broadcast game just because of how they they went about of orchestrating how they set up that whole display. They brought in Russell Wilson, talked to Ray Lewis, talked to Charles Barkley. I don't know why they brought him in, I guess, to <laughs> distract everyone from the boring game that it was when he came in. But having Russell Wilson at the end of the game when Carr threw that interception close to the goal line was quite comical because it made me think of that Super Bowl. But anyway, just wanted to throw that in there and also congratulate Eli once again from saving us from Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl on a perfect season with the New England Patriots. Thank you so much, Eli. Follow him on Twitter. He's very funny. And check out him and Peyton on Monday Night Football because it's much better than the normal broadcast. But that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you very much for taking time and joining us in All About America's Team, Cabo Edition. You can find us on America's Team, capital P, capital C, on Twitter. I will be very active during that game, tweeting my thoughts on play calls. If Dak does an interception, I'm sure and positive that I will be saying something about it. And you can find us on All About America's Team on Instagram as well. And also, I believe that Owen did make a TikTok. God help me. Um, I did not yet. I did not. I, I, I was thinking about it, but I, I classes have been very rough lately, so I have not been able to do so. Okay, so we may or may not be having a TikTok. So just if we do, Owen will let you know. I will probably not be running the TikTok. But... <laughs> Yeah, and also YouTube, YouTube, go to YouTube to find our live coverage. That's going to be all about America's team. It'll pop up. If this most recent episode doesn't come up immediately, just go to videos and then click the tab and switch it to live streams. It'll have all the live streams, which is what this is. But just to remind everyone, this podcast also is mainly audio. So you can find that on Apple Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, and more. But that's all we have. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for very much for spending it with us. And we will be right back here on Monday or Tuesday to recap Sunday's game. And uh, take care, everyone, and go Cowboys. Go Cowboys.